Hey there, Nonplus listeners. You're the sort of person who likes to partake of a tipple from time to time. A what? A tipple. You know, it's a bit of, it's a bit of booze, but coyly and a little British. Coyly British is my stage name. Okay. If you enjoy <laughs> a cocktail from time to time and you're looking to jazz things up a bit, because honestly, who's not right now? You should definitely check out Shaker and Spoon. Yeah, Shaker and Spoon is a really cool subscription service that helps you be your own mixologist. They send you a new box every month centered around a carefully curated cocktail theme. Inside, you'll find all your ingredients, instructions, and even mixology definitions to help you craft your very own fancy cocktails. Spice up your next Zoom happy hour with a little something special for yourself. You provide the poison, Shaker and Spoon provides the pizzazz. To sign up and get $20 off your first box, head over to shakerandspoon.com forward slash nonplussed. Again, that's shaker, A-N-D, spoon.com slash nonplussed for $20 off your first box. I'll drink to that. And one for Mahler. What's really funny about the back half of this thing and, and the sort of like Bing Crosby of it all is that the modern equivalent of this mm-hmm. would be like if Miley Cyrus was telling us a half musical F. Scott Fitzgerald story being, <laughs> being like Jay Gatsby or whatever. Like Jim tomorrow. I don't know why my Miley Cyrus is suddenly Carol Channing and I don't know why your Carol Channing is a mad Lily Tomlin. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Nonplussed, a gay romp through the Disney Plus vault. That over there is my husband, Clancy. Over there is my husband, Josh. And this is Nonplussed, a mischief media podcast. Hello, my darling. Hello, my baby. Hi. Hello, my, my ragtime gal. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of mischief media. Yeah. Speaking of mischief media, there is a lot to listen to on the network right yes. now. Yes. If you just pop in mischief media into your podcast platform of preference, yep. you'll find a slew of mischief media podcasts. And recently, what were they doing on Rolling Nine Three Quarters? Uh, well, Chapter 10 just dropped on the 23rd. Yeah. Um, and that's with Dolly, Kari, and Amelia. Carl. Wait, Carl. Carly. Sorry. Dolly, Carl, and Amelia waking up to find themselves in a mysterious dungeon. Yes, and Extraneous Supernatural is back because Takia and Leah are going through the final episodes of Supernatural ever. Oh. That finally picked back up. That's exciting. Cute. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Robin Warren is uh, aing your cues uh, on the latest episode of Geek Girl Strong. Yeah. So check out Mischief Media on your podcast player and uh, see what's up on offer. Yeah. Yas. We've got some real quick Disney Plus news. Yes. Uh, so they announced a new Willow TV series. Yes. That's the, the, the fantasy movie with Val Kilmer and Warwick Davis for that is 35 years old. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's bananas. Girl. It's, it's so old, um, but they revealed plans for a Willow sequel series uh, for Disney Plus that should start production 2021. Um, you know, they haven't released a whole lot of news, but the show will take place quote years after the events of the movie and will mark the return of farmer turned hero Willow Uffgood. And yes, Warwick Davis will reprise his role. Um, we've got the story from Engadget. We'll put that in the show notes. Yep. Y'all's. What else is going on? Um, well, I, did you see that Oscar Isaac is reportedly being talked to, to about playing Moon Knight for Disney plus? What is Moon Knight? So he's another Marvel comics character. Uh, he's, uh, the character's Mark Spencer. He's a mercenary who has numerous alter egos, um, in order to better fight the criminal underworld. And later he's established as being a conduit for an Egyptian God. It's a whole thing. Got it. Um, but you, he's kind of a, got an iconic look. He's an all white with a white mask and like a white cloak and hood and cape. Anyway, mm. he's a big uh, sort of like fan favorite, and it's just really exciting that Oscar Isaac is. That is for that. super cool. Yeah, and that I was love from, Oscar Isaac. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah, uh, topped or topped. <laughs> <laughs> 
Who wants to be topped by Oscar Isaac? Um, that Me. was uh, from Deadline. It's being developed by the guy who did um, Umbrella Academy for Netflix, uh, Jeremy Slater. Cool. Yeah, he's developing it. Other big kind of news. You for pointed the this out to me. I did. Um, so they have some new cultural sensitivity messaging that happens before um, some of the some of the um, older Disney films. Yes. When people choose to play movies like Dumbo, Aladdin, Peter Pan, The Aristocats, Swiss mm-hmm. Family, Robertson. Robinson, not Ro- Robertson. Robertson. Swiss family Robertson were on the <laughs> next island over. It was more of a Gilligan's Island situation on that end. <laughs> yes. But yeah, they, they have a written disclosure, which happens up on screen that says uh, negative depictions or mistreatment of people or cultures. It's up for 12 seconds. Yeah. And you can't skip it. We talked about this when we first talked about Peter Pan, about how like the one line in the little dialogue wasn't enough. It isn't. It just dumps you in without the context. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's nice that they're going, uh, they're going a little bit further with this. And according to their stories matter website, the company is in the process of reassessing past titles with an advisory council of outside organizations such as the African American Film Critics Association, the Coalition of Asian Pacifics in Entertainment, uh, the National Association of Latino Independent Producers, and the Glad Media Institute, among others. Wow, that's that's a really lot cool and really great. Yeah, and then finally, real quickly, let's run through the list of things that's coming to Disney Plus in November. Yeah, on uh, the sixth, we've got Disney's A Christmas Carol. That's exciting. Mister Magoo is also coming out the same day. Yes, you pointed out to me the item that's coming on the seventeenth. I am excited for this. Lego Star Wars is doing a holiday special. Yes, it is. Well, the original is wild. But it's a variety special that like revolves around the Wookiees and like the Wookiee planet. Their their life day festivities. Yes. And there's a baby Chewbacca. Yep. That looks like it has a butthole for a mouth. Yep. Yes. 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 And it's actually it's on YouTube. So if you haven't seen it. No. Um, We've got the real right stuff on 1120. Alexander and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day is going to be coming out on the 27th. Um, also on the 27th, Black Beauty and the Adventures of Yellow Dog Far From Home. Oh. Yeah, there's some TV stuff coming out then too. Um, we'll link the Mashable article for it in the show notes and all of these articles in the show notes as well. Um, but outside of this stuff, all of our research per usual has been done on Wikipedia, IMDb, and Rotten Tomatoes. Yep. Also, also the Disney Wiki uh, fan site. Yeah, the Disney Wiki and fan we'll site. That's actually too. really, really great. Yeah, so it's a good fan resource. So what are we talking about today, Clancy? Well, today we are going to be running through the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Yes, this old double header with which I share a birthday. Oh my god, I didn't realize. <laughs> it was released October 5th, uh, 1949. Yes. Uh, which was a long time ago. This was directed by Jack Kinney, mm-hmm. uh, Clyde uh, Geronimi. I don't know how to say Geronimi? it. Geronimy, And James Algar. Uh, Jack, um, he was famous for directing Pinocchio, Dumbo, uh, The Three Cabuleros, uh, Fun and Fancy Free, and Melody Time. Um, Clyde, uh, he directed, he was one of the directors. There's a lot of directors on these movies. Bambi, Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp, Sleeping Beauty, and 101 Dalmatians. Who? A lot going on with Clyde Lordy. there. And then James uh, Fantasia. Uh, <laughs> he Good had, for him. He had done, for him. He had done other, other stuff like Disney adjacent, um, yeah. but that's probably, other than this movie, one of his most famous. Yeah. Um, this was based on the wind of the willows, in uh, the willows, wind in the willows mm-hmm. in 1908 by Kenneth Graham. And then the second part was by, or the second story uh, story is the legend of sleepy hollow by Washington Irving. Yes. The screenplay was by Erdman Penner, Winston Hibbler, Joe Rinaldi, Ted Sears, Homer Brightman, and Harry Reeves and Oliver Wallace did the music. Yeah, and uh, we'll get to all our roles in a minute. This was a true group effort. It was. There was a lot. Um, So I think we just run through the cast here. Let's do it. We'll start with The Wind in the Willows because that's the first one that you get to see. Yes. Um, It it stars uh, Basil Rathbone. Basil Rathbone. Basil. Basil. Basil (laughs) Rathbone as the narrator and policeman. Yep. Uh, he uh, was Mr. Mudstone and David Copperfield in 1935. Sure. Um, he was in The Adventures of Robin Hood in 1938. Um, and then his most famous role was playing Sherlock Holmes yes. for 14 Hollywood made films between 1939 and 1946. And he's actually the reason that uh, Basil is named Basil in The Great Mouse Detective yes. because it's an homage to, you know, that's a pastiche of Sherlock and yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, Basil Rathbone. 
Yeah. Big fan favorite. Eric Bloor is Jay Thaddeus Toad. Um, he was a big stage guy. West End Broadway did something like 60 films. Yep. Yep. Uh, J. Pat O'Malley. He played Cyril Proudbottom, which would be a great drag king name. It is. Yeah. He was in the Jungle Book as the Vultures. Uh, he was Otter the Blacksmith in Robin Hood, the mm-hmm. dog that had the cast on his leg. The one who doesn't know how to hide gold well. Yep. Um, he was the pearly drummer and the master of hounds and the huntsman in Mary Poppins. And all of these were uncredited, which Holy is shit. kind of Actually, shitty, but not uncommon. I think for voice actors in the day for sure, you'd get a day rate, right? Like they'd come in, they probably paid him I don't know, 50 bucks. I don't know. Um, I don't know what for sure, but it's really, it's really money. cool that people have actually gone back and like identified them, identified, made sure that like, well, there had to have been a receipt somewhere for sure. <laughs> John McLeish plays the prosecutor. Colin Campbell plays the mole, moly, 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 moly. <laughs> Campbell Grant as Angus McBadger in the worst Scottish accent I've ever heard. Pretty much. So bad. It's bad. Uh, Claude Allister plays uh, Walt, uh, Walter Rat. No, Water Rat. Water Rat. <laughs> Why did I say it? It's, it's far away from me, kids. Uh <laughs> He's appeared in more than 70 films between 1929 and 1955. He yeah. did a lot, a lot of work. Yes. Um, and the rhythm Yes. Which I don't, I couldn't figure out where, who they were in musicians. I don't, I, yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't know. Then but, we got um, Leslie Dennison as the judge and weasel one. Edmund Stevens is weasel two. Ollie Wallace is Mr. Winky, but Ollie Wallace also did the music for the movie. Oh, which is why this is fun. Cute. Good so for him. he's done. He did the score for Dumbo lady in the tramp and Alice in Wonderland and a bunch of others. Party. He, he's, he's done a lot of work. I love it. And then the cast for The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, um, it, Bing Crosby serves as the narrator, Ichabod Crane, and Brom Bones. He's Bing Crosby. Yeah, he, he's a, uh, they described him as a multi, the first multimedia star. Uh, yeah. He's done radio, uh, films. Famous old crew. Yeah, he, he's done, done a lot. Be, be, he's be, done be. over 1,600 songs. Yeah. Two versions of Anything Goes, White Christmas, of course. <laughs> yes. 10 Academy Award nominations and four wins for music. Yeah. So Dude was a player. He was. He was probably problematic. I haven't deep dived into Bing Crosby, but I mean, that's classic Hollywood for you. Uh, Pinto Colvig is Gunpowder Nickabod Crane screaming. Uh, he was the original performer, <laughs> performer of Pluto and Goofy, as well as Bozo the Clown. Yes. Hilarious. Yeah. And then uh, Clarence Nash is Ichabod's horse, who was the original voice of Donald Duck. Yes. And he's been in a lot of stuff. Um, well, a lot of those original Disney VO artists were like, we talked about a few in, um, got what rose Robin hood. When we were yep. talking about mm-hmm. the voice actors in Robin hood, like they, those, they had such long careers. Yeah. I mean, he's played Donald duck in a lot of these movies, but like he was in Pinocchio. He was in Bambi three Cabuleros, fun and fancy free Alice in Wonderland. One or one donations. Are you saying Donald- it like that on purpose? Huh? Three, three Caballeros. That's what I said. That's not what she said. Did I say three Caballeros? Yes, you did. Three Caballeros. There you go. Sorry. Apologies. <laughs> Donald Duck goes West. If um, you say it wrong one more time, Donald Duck is going to pop up and stab you. <laughs> it's like Beetlejuice or Bloody Mary. But yeah, he's done a ton of stuff. So, uh, so yeah, that's pretty much it. Do we want to get into the wind and the willows? Let's get into the wind and the willows. Um, first, had you seen these all the way through before? So, okay. Wind and the willows. I don't think so because there are parts of this that I don't remember. It was one of my favorites, but I also have a distinct yet fuzzy memory. Follow me on this. I know that sounds oxymoronic of a different like feature length version of wind in the willows Mm -hmm. that I think was a little bit scarier. Okay. I can't recall. And of course I didn't do my research, but like I, I of course this is all in my brain from a young child. I feel like I had this recorded off of TV on a VHS. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I hadn't seen this. That said, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride in Disneyland is my favorite. Yes. Ride in Disneyland. Same. Uh, do you want to get into the synopsis? Yes. The original Wind in the Willows uh, was written in 1908 by Kenneth Graham. It's set in and around London, England between June 10, 1908 and January 1, 1909. I guess that's got to be in the text because sure. the, it was not as specific. The protagonist, J. Thaddeus Toad Esquire, is introduced as an incurable adventurer who never counted the cost. As the story's one disturbing element, although he is the wealthy proprietor of the Toad Hall estate, Toad's adventures and positive mania for fads have brought him to the brink of bankruptcy. 
As a last resort, Toad's friend Angus McBadger volunteers as Toad's bookkeeper to help Toad keep his estate, which is a source of pride in the community. I was kind of surprised that it started out live action. That was kind of yeah, interesting. It's also very classic Disney in a way. Like when you think of how Sleeping Beauty opens. It's a book. And, yeah. you know, and yeah, you don't see any people. Everything's kind of like stop motion. Right. Um, and in fact, the version of, I don't know if it's like this on Disney plus, if we ever cover it, we'll have to talk about it. the version of Mickey and the Beanstalk. I first saw was part live action, part cartoon. And mm-hmm. it was like the, the puppeteer guy who did like Mr. Wenceslas, the little face, yes, face fist guy mm-hmm. telling the story to children. And so it would <laughs> cut between, it was really creepy and weird. that does sound creepy. Anyway. Yeah, so we we uh, we get to meet Angus uh, McBadger. He's doing Toad's accounts because apparently Toad's causing lots of property damage. Yeah, there's uh, knocks at the door. There's a bunch of people that are like throwing bills and shit at him. Yeah, like and this is like between that and other people coming to animals' doors. This is a world where humans, humans <laughs> coexist with anthropomorphic animals that are relative in size. Like I yeah, get how that, do they open that door girl? And at one point, like Molly and Ratty are sitting in chairs that are clearly like person sized chairs yes. in this toad sized manner. All of the sizes of things are very, you, you just can't think too hard about it because in that world, like imagine the one-to-one ratio comparison, like the Mr. Toad, if he, if Mr. Toad knocked at our door right now, he'd be the size of our cat. Yeah. That's fucking terrifying. It is kind of terrifying. He'd be the size of like the little thing at Toad Hall in Disneyland. Yes. Like the little statue. That's <laughs> that is actual I think that's, size. Yeah, that's technically life size Mr. Toad. Oh my god. That's wild. But yeah, it definitely is the the sizing is all over the place. Um I do like the animation style though. It was really I mean it's classic Disney, and but it's like crisp. It's gorgeous. It's so crisp. But yeah, Rat, Ratty and Molly give me a very like Sherlock and Watson vibe. And I For think sure. that's intentional. And I love Molly. He's look, all four of these Blinds protagonists are, in my opinion, if we're going to view this through a queer theory lens, these are all gay culture archetypes, right? You've got um, uh, McBadger, who's kind of like the grumpy old bear who's just trying to make sure that everybody gets out of the club alive. Like I'll make sure your cab is taken care. God, fine. You're a mess. I'll take care of it again. Yeah. You've got ratty. Who's kind of like the, the yuppie kind of tech bro <laughs> gay dude. A little bit. Yeah. Like he, you know, he's, he's a West Hollywood liberal, but you know, he, his, his BLM picture is very staged. He's that guy. Oh my God. Moly is a passive little cub who just wants to like make it, make sure everybody's doing all right. He wants and to feel, make out with everyone. He, and he wants to make sure everybody feels welcome. Yes. And then Toad is a fucking like uh, trust fund circuit, circuit baby <laughs> who's just too damn sweet and means so well, but, but is literally is tearing the neighborhood everything. apart. <laughs> yes. Literally tearing the neighborhood apart. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, this is, this is uh, a, an, an analog for, the the self destruction and internalized homophobia of contemporary gay social circles. In this Jesus. TED talk, I will. <laughs> All right, do we want to move on? Yes. One summer day, McBadger asks Toad's friend, Toad's friends, Ratty, a water rat, and Molly, a mole, 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 to persuade <laughs> Toad to give up his latest mania of recklessly driving about the countryside in a horse and yellow cart. Because he's losing money, causing a ton of property damage. Ratty and Molly confront Toad, but are unable to change his mind. Toad tries to escape from them, but then sees a motor car for the first time and becomes entranced by the new machine, having been taken over by motor mania. So I didn't realize that they were going straight into a song with this. Like, I don't know why I didn't pick that up. (laughs) I I don't either. (laughs) I mean, there's music, there's even harmonies. I There's know, but it just, it, it just went from like the one scene into, uh, into, I, I thought they were just talking, but then yes, as, as we go through it, it's definitely a song. Yeah. I, I just didn't realize that it, was it, music it's, this. it's so much a song. It was included on a Disney's sing-along VHS that I had when I was a kid. <laughs> That's how much of a song this song is. <laughs> it's delightful. But yeah, there's a, uh, there's a moment where Badger's pitching a fit and 
uh, he says something about destruction of a hen hoose and damage <laughs> lamppost four fun six. Destruction or hen hoose? Um, oh, oh, can a man figure what all this It's just the worst Scottish accent. Scottish accent. He also says something about being on the brink of bankruptcy, and I just thought, <laughs> brink of bankruptcy, Shantae, you stay. Yes, girl. But yeah, I, this is sort of where I'm getting that uh, Sherlock and Watson vibe from ratty and moly that i mentioned earlier because they're just uh especially with ratty's pipe but uh yeah toad is legit wrecking shot throughout the countryside he is he's literally running through hedges just greenhouses destroying just everything everything and they're they're not they're not even drunk like they're not even on the under the influence of anything and his friend who is this horse that is also a beast of burden pulling this cart behind who also later walks on two legs like there's just so much going on here if you stop and try to take any of it too seriously wait the horses in both of these are wild yes because they both don't behave like horses not at all not at all Disney horses have a degree of attitude. Yeah, he's a <laughs> he's a bit of a trotter and a bit of a roar. And it's just uh, Cyril, I, the whole Cyril character. I can't like my brain is breaking down trying to, to wrap around it. I fell in love with him with that line. I'll just say that. Of course you did. <laughs> of course you did. But yeah, they try to put Toad under house arrest and he ends up escaping in his underwear. Yeah. Kind of like holding his nightshirt up and doing a ding, 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 kind of along the bridge. Um, because he's, he's been hypnotized by the concept of a motor car. And when that motor car comes up, there's like four people in it and they all look like they just came out of like Caillou or Rin Tin Tin. Yeah. They look like thumbs with faces on them is what <laughs> I'm trying to say. That's what they look like. Uh, and then at one point when Toad's hypnotized by this dang car, like the acid kicks in and he starts like, uh, uh, his eyes are spinning. Literally his <laughs> eyes are spinning and he starts freak twerking on the road. Like he's got an addiction <laughs> to booty bouncing like that one, uh, mini challenge from drag race all stars. Um, cause he's just beatboxing on an acid oh trip, my God. <laughs> bouncing his ass up and down there. Just <laughs> Oh my God. Get what have I been missing? Ratty, it isn't. He hasn't. It is, and he has. A new mania. Motor mania. <laughs> mania. In an attempt to cure Toad's new mania, Ratty and Molly put Toad under house arrest. However, Toad escapes and is later arrested and charged with car theft. At his trial, Toad represents himself and calls his horse Cyril Proudbottom as his first witness, who testifies with a little rhyming tale. That Toad traded the car for the deed to Toad Hall. The prosecutor and judge show disbelief toward that statement, so Toad calls in the bartender, Mr. Winky, as a witness to the agreement, who then falsely testifies that Toad had tried to sell him a stolen car. Toad is found guilty on the spot and (laughs) sentenced to 20 years in the Tower of London. Yeah, so there's a lot that happens here. So, uh, yeah, Toad escapes from uh in his underwear yes out a window goes to that bar yeah and then it's kind of like a jump cut because it's like toad's arrested and that's when the newspapers all come in yeah and i was reading those newspapers i think they took actual pictures of newspapers and then just replaced some of the headlines yeah because the text it has nothing to do nothing to do with any of the headlines yeah did you make notes on some of those headlines yeah one of them was meteorite falls near baby that's so vague i know How near to the baby did the meteorite fall? But Toad representing himself. (laughs) 
with that wig. Like he pulls out that wig and dusts it off and pulls out that monocle. I just love how perfectly that wig fit. Like he just took it off and it's just, just like blooped. He he always had a wig. And like the bailiff, as we're coming into the scene, the note that I had is, is this, is this a courtroom or an auction house? Because just like the trial of Charles Thaddeus Street, total, 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 Going once, going twice, guilty. So they they bring in a couple of witnesses that are like, and 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 the the prosecutor, right? Mm-hmm. He's the one that's that's uh, on the other side. Yes, yeah. He is feeding lines to oh yeah to yeah yeah it's, witnesses like it's bad it's all very stacked and feels like a a veiled criticism of the English judicial system circa nineteen oh one but I this is where I noticed that I think the prosecutor in the cartoon is the judge in the ride like the character yes. modeling is the same and this is where I I threw my hands up and I was like this isn't this isn't it, that's where it went off the rails for me for some reason. I guess he's a little bit more memorable, and I guess that's why they used him in the ride. Maybe because I guess like so. I don't remember what the judge actually looked like. Yeah. I think he was just like a he was kind of, he was just kind of, kind of like a fat dude, like a yeah. he had a, like a round face. Yeah, and of course Toad's not taking this seriously at all. But then again, really neither is Molly. He's like, hey, buddy, like waving at him in the courtroom. Yeah, yeah it feels like Molly's just I'm happy to be here. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know? Molly's just happy. Yeah, so simple. Yeah, so. Mr. Toad brings in a surprise witness, mm-hmm. which is the bartender at the bar who has two mustaches. He keeps a spare one on his head. Oh my God. <laughs> I just realized that. <laughs> if Holy he needs a smaller shit. one, he just swaps them and then he's got more <laughs> hair on top. But yeah. This prosecutor is shouting down Molly and Ratty, you know, these anthropomorphic animals. And then Toad gets his cross and Cyril, Cyril, no, Cyril's the horse. Yeah. Mr. Winky. Yes. That's it. Because he is also on the ride spinning beers at you as, as you round a corner. He is. And he's he spins those beers and then goes. Dips dips right down. Dips into the counter. You don't really get like, mm, this is where the plot of the ride and the film really diverge. And it's it's very it's very sad. Because there's not a train. No, there. well, there is, but you don't get run over by it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Because remember, that's how uh, Mole escapes or Toad escapes the police. But we're not there yet. Yeah. Because he ain't been arrested yet. He ain't been arrested yet. Um, but yeah, Winky comes in and we, this is where we get a flashback of what happened. Toad like, uh, sees that car and it must have it must have it. And like, he gets up to the back of it where the tailpipe is and mm-hmm. just starts huffing fumes. <laughs> it's just like, what? <laughs> this is a kid's movie. Yep. Huffing fume. Like, you knew back then that was bad for you. I mean, we haven't watched it yet, but in Pinocchio, there's a bunch of kids that smoke cigars and get drunk. So, oh. they, I mean, maybe they didn't. Yeah. You have to remember <laughs> that early Disney stuff literally was all audiences, yeah. not quote family audiences. Like we understand that sort of like quadrant, the four boxes or whatever. Yeah. But literally the there's whole something family, for everyone. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Uh, but yeah, so it goes into the bar. He offers the deed to Toad Hall for this car. And Mr. Winky supposedly signs the deed. But of course, what Winky says is, oh, no, no, no. Toad stole the car yeah. and then tried to sell it to me. And um, and then basically takes the deed to Toad's house. Yeah. Well, Governor, you tried to sell me a stolen motor car. Oh, I'm a and like, uh, it, yeah, essentially takes over Toad Hall and um, Toad gets thrown in the in the clink. He gets thrown in the Tower of London, which is so sad. It is. It's it where you can really see the sad. crown jewels today. Christmas. It was Christmas. You're right. <sighs> um, and so he's in there all alone being um, sort of like self-reflective. But um, there in this world with animal versus people calling weasels mistrustful feels if not racist, then certainly specious specious. Like they make this comment about, you know, all weasels are mistrustful. And I was just like, in a, yeah. zo- in, a in a sort of Zootopia sense, that feels like a not okay thing to say. Right. About these anthropomorphic animals. But Hey, this was what the forties. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I do really. I want to, I want to talk about, 
Mr. Winky once more. When he gets on the stand, mm-hmm. did you notice that he had a cloth and was cleaning the stand? Yeah, he's like cleaning it like a bartender. It right. was hilarious. And the judge is so excited to meet him. He's like, oh my God, somebody with two mustaches? Oh I've never God. met somebody like that. Oh my God, you're so clever and charming. Um, but yeah, uh, we can go into the next bit. You mentioned it's Christmas. It is. On Christmas Eve, Toad appears to have an epiphany about his careless ways. But once Cyril visits Toad in disguise as his grandmother and helps him escape by giving him a disguise of his own, Toad's adrenaline addiction is triggered once again. On the lamb in London, Toad ultimately hijacks a 240 steam locomotive and ultimately escapes to Ratty and Mole's house. McBadger discovers that Mr. Winky himself is the leader of the weasel gang and that they have indeed taken over Toad Hall. So yeah, Toad's in prison. He's having visions in the pool of his tears. It's a very emo moment. Yeah. E-moment, if you will. <laughs> um, when the stupidest prison guard in the English canon admits Toad's quote-unquote grandmother who happens to be a full-on fucking horse on its hind legs. Yeah. And only one, one person yeah. came to visit. So how is it that, by the way, I mean, great job for like early drag. I'm into it. But yes. Like, but what does it say about the drag performer that it's a horse? Like, come on. This is dehumanizing for drag culture. Being as it's Christmas, you're allowed a visitor. Your grandma's here. Grandma? A Merry Christmas, Sonny. Granny wouldn't forget her little toady boy. <laughs> Cyril. Oh. Oh. Cyril. Oh. Look. Christmas gift. What, what, what is it? Don't you get it? A disguise. Now all but, yeah, it has a, a tiny... Uh, grandmother disguise i guess yeah to give the toad thing. so the yeah, toad yeah. can can sneak out um yeah so that they escape um the cops figure it out pretty i i think it was just like what he had like the ball like on his belly and then it dropped or Ooh, it was like in that. his ass it was it was he had he was a thick old lady and oh, then yeah. bumped into a police officer dropped the chain and the police officer was like oh let me help you with that and that's when toad freaked out and ran off and There were whistles blowing and and then all of the cops are working on Christmas. All of London on Christmas Eve is awoken pretty much for this. Literally a frog has escaped prison and it's all this ruckus. Toad makes it to the train station and a manages to pilot and hijack a steam engine on his own. Yeah. But then the cops immediately hail another one like a goddamn taxi and all pile into it. That train running on tesla i don't know what the hell but like, I don't, it yeah, was immediately that that speed. is selling a future for coal power that does not <laughs> and never existed like that's yeah. I, it's, <laughs> if the quests and assassins creed syndicate have taught me anything it takes a lot to get a train up and going and to stop it subsequently Dead. what perfectly ripping luck trapped today aha never But at Toad, they're firing up and yeah. to the left and to the right. And Again, Toad, a doesn't seem to give a, Toad doesn't seem to give a shit. These are bullets. He, These will murder you if truly, one hits you. He's. It's not that he is addicted to cars or to wanton countryside destruction. He's an adrenaline junkie. And that's it truly what it is. is a problem. And that's yeah, where yeah. his friends need to step in and help steer him back on the right course. <laughs> um, so he's on the run from the cops. He ends up jumping off into the water, throwing his ball and chain, and he struggles with it for a bit. Toad's not a bright guy. They made it look like Toad drowned while he was voguing. Did you notice what his hands were doing while he was sinking? Cause they were just like up in the air. Like, cause he's trying <laughs> to grab onto that tree. Oh, that's right. And I was just, I was like, here at first he was beatboxing. Now he's voguing this. Well, toad. He was a drag queen. Then they cut inside. It's ready and mole's house. Yeah. Ready and mole's house. They're just sitting down for a nice Christmas dinner. Yeah. Reminiscing about how they missed Toad. their poor friend Toad. And here comes this bitch. Haven't said, fuck the police. With a- <laughs> With a ball and Oops. chain in hand, so soaking wet, <laughs> uh, 
And just as uh, Ratty and Molly are trying to deal with that, that's when McBadger comes in. Yep. And he's put all the dots together and realizes that Mr. Winky holds the de- literally holds the deed to Toad Hall. Yeah. And that this was all a big scam to get Toad Hall for himself. Right. Which seems really elaborate. You've it got is, to employ it is really an elaborate. absurd number of weasels. You've got to trick this toad into wanting your car. Yeah. Did they, did they know that he was going into motor mania or I did they know. just assume that anything new toad was into? It's at this point where I thought maybe I should read the original story because I feel like there's some plot missing here and I can't, I can't <laughs> McBadger is connecting the dots better than I am. And just as he does that all out loud, like toad falls off the top of the Christmas tree and it's a whole hullabaloo. So you see, he didn't trade Toad Hall for the motor car. Then Toad was innocent all the time. Aye, lads. And if he were only here right now... Toad! Angus! Sorry, Toad. I misjudged you. I hope someday... You'll find it in your heart. Tut, tut. Not another word. To err is human. To forgive. Thaddeus, not so fast. Well, do you want to talk about their plan? Let's do it. Knowing that the deed bearing both Toad and Winky's signatures would prove Toad's innocence, the four friends sneak into Toad Hall using a secret passage near the river by boat. Finding the weasels and Winky, who they see has the deed on his person, drunk and passed out, the attempt to lower Molly on a makeshift rope to swipe it. Their trail having been followed by a guard disturbed before they're spotted and a grueling chase around the estate ensues to take the document. Though the four managed to escape with their lives, they appear to not get the deed. However, Toad proudly produces the said deed from his pocket. Okay. This is a wild scene. Hey, it's a major security <laughs> issue just to have a panel from your library that opens up into a waterway never mind the mold that has to be rampant within that room and probably that old old house for sure but also at what point was that a necessity like what point were you like you know what i need to have a secret passage to get to a boat well you say that but i think they're actually common with old manor homes you remember in skyfall how they had the priest hole Oh yeah. And that's how they ran off at the end. It's kind of a similar situation. I guess that does make sense. It's a whole shenanigans. Yeah. They trip off that, that one weasel that's outside, which is the only weasel that's not drunk and asleep. The toad thinks he's going to shoot. And then of course it, it makes too much damn noise. I mean, good on that weasel to follow them and like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to investigate the brightest character in this whole shenanigans because they've got, you know, the, the progenitor of Ethan hunt, fucking moly descending from the ceiling yes. to get this deed <laughs> off the sleeping winky and then yeah it becomes like it, it, every cartoon chasing you've ever seen <laughs> get one more there he is get him <laughs> Yeah, it was like going through doors, everybody like running back and forth and smashy, uh, smashy. At one point, they fold the deed into a paper airplane. And Mr. Toad, who actually, I mean, kind of smartly, makes a bunch more airplanes around. Do this. Yeah. He kept his eye on that deed. He sure did. He knew what his goal was. And then they managed to like they they get their hands on the deed. They're trying to get out. This this secret passage door is giving them giving them guff. And they, you know, all these knives are just being thrown through the air throughout this whole scene. Um, And they land in the door and they're all worried about it. But yeah, Toad, Toad produces the deed. Yeah. And pulls the deed out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, There was at one point where it was Mole and Mr. Winky. They boop snoots. Mm -hmm. I was just like, that was, that was delightful. Also, there were so many fucking daggers. Yes. How many daggers? I don't know. I didn't count. So many daggers. So many daggers. The film ends on New Year's Day with Toad exonerated and regaining his house while it is implied that Winky and the Weasels have been arrested and imprisoned. As McBadger, Ratty, and Molly celebrate the new year with a toast to Toad, who they believe has completely reformed, Toad and Cyril recklessly fly past on a 1903 Wright Flyer. Toad has truly not reformed and has developed a mania for airplanes instead. 
lull an airplane. I mean, that's that's the button. There's not a whole lot a whole lot else to say there. Is gee, I legitimately think Toad's just a fucking adrenaline junkie. Pretty much, and like, and again, nothing was learned from this. No, he didn't go to hell, which I think would have been a better lesson. It would have been. Or that's how least, the ride ends for yes. anybody who hasn't ridden it. <clears throat> yeah, you literally you're in hell and then you get out, which I guess maybe that maybe that is the point. Is like, you know what? Let's get you to the lowest point, and then suddenly it didn't matter. You're fine. I guess it's just like uh, there, there's the point. Toad didn't learn anything. I feel like I need to read the original book. This is true. Yeah. This is true. And that was the fabulous Thaddeus Toad. But let's weigh our judgment carefully. We moles and rats and badgers, really now, don't we envy him a bit? <laughs> I know I do. And so when we speak of fabulous characters, the most fabulous of all will always be, uh, to me at least, the master of Toad Hall. The next one up is uh, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Yes, it's the second segment uh, based on the short story by Washington Irving. Although the film introduces the story as Ichabod Crane, later individual releases returned to the story's original title. As a short story, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow was originally published in the sketchbook with other stories, not as a single volume as pictured in the film. Got it. So it was over a series of books. No, no, no. It was a short story in a collection. Oh, a short story in a collection. So it wasn't just a book that was called got that. Correct. 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 They also, in this part, because, you know, Bing Crosby comes in and he's talking like Bing Crosby. Of course, the one and only Ichabod Crane. Old Icky, if you recall, was the country schoolmaster dreamed up by Washington Irving. Oh, he had a way with a yarn, did Mr. Irving. If we could but journey back to that remote period in American history when the city of Manhattan was but a market town, we would discover in the bosom of one of those spacious coves which indent the shores of the Hudson, the little village of Tarrytown. And just beyond, nestled deep in the low rolling hills, a sequestered glen. All righty. In October 1790, 14 years after the American Revolution and founding the United States, Igod Crane, a lanky and superstitious yet charming dandy, arrives in Sleepy Hollow, New York, a small village outside Terrytown that is renowned for its ghostly hauntings, to be the town's new odd schoolmaster. Ichabod soon wins the hearts of the village's women uh, and forms good friendships with his students, though the latter is mainly in, in order to get invitations to suppers at said students' homes, which he would not be able to afford on his meager salary. He's trying to woo women to get fed. Which yeah, it's it's a little it's a little sketchy. You can judge, but there were points in in my life in college where I thought, you know what, I'm broke. I'll go on this date if he'll buy me dinner. Oh, honey, <laughs> the things I've had to do for some chicken crispers from Chili's. I honestly don't think I've ever done that. I don't think I've ever gone on a date. I have definitely gone on a date just for the dinner. You hussy. It's usually at the end of the semester when your meal card's running out. Yeah. Ichabod's ears are fucking huge. They are. And so is his goddamn nose. Everything. And, 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 he's so and, lanky. And he legit just walked up on this town and was like, I'm going to be your teacher now. Like, and it's pretty much. But also, if you're a teacher, you should know that the place that you're going to is a ghost town. And that, like, if you are afraid of everything and super superstitious, why the fuck are you here? To be fair, a lot of people were super. It was 1790, Clancy. It's not like they were. No, but this guy was extra. Like, there was a ladder that he literally, like, linked around. He, he uh, there was a cat at one point yeah. that he like skillfully like turned redirected, around and, yeah. and redirected and again yeah. all of this is once is is like bing crosby's visual halloween album because pretty bing much crosby is just narrating and singing along the whole time now i have a confession i didn't like bing crosby yeah i i it's not even that he's an acquired taste it's just so specific it is and i, just, I don't know that anybody alive quote likes bing crosby <laughs> so much as they can say well yeah he's Bing crosby and he could do those things and he did them well for sure nobody's like "Ooh, put on some bing crosby unless it's christmas yeah usually or crosby sills nash it's not the, it's not not the, the same, same crosby no, no. <laughs> are they shovels or are they feet but as he's doing this like this this uh 
Bing is being real shady. The lyrics of this song about Ichabod are really kind of yeah, shady. they are very very. But Ichabod's also super shady. Oh yeah, because there was like at one point where like he was walking past, and I guess this makes sense. Like he was like flirting with the girls, and one of the girls was holding like three pies, and like kind of like slinks around and steals one of the pies. She worked on that. He is ready to wife a woman to get oh, fed. Truly, Jesus. truly. He almost beat that one kid and then realized that his mom cooks a good lunch. Cut to, oh, I'm going to eat at your mama's house. Yeah. Because you're such a good kid. Yeah. Truth to say, Ichabod was a conscientious man. Never bore in mind the golden maxim, spare the rod and spoil the child. Still, he was careful to administer justice with discrimination. For it behooved him to keep on good terms with his pupils. Especially if their mothers happen to be good cooks. But you, yo, so yeah, he is macking on these women. Do people still say macking? But they get the shot Mac- of that his social calendar, and this is what it said: young ladies' sewing circle. Oh my god! Roast turkey dinner, excellent. That's the one. That yeah, he just that's had. the one that he went to, and like the yeah. next night, women's tatting and chatting club. Yep. Then the ladies' auxiliary. And then the Sleepy Hollow Ladies Choral so- Society, which he then marks because that's what he's going to. That's who he's going after. Next. Right. And it's, it's just it's so predatory. And then enter his romantic rival, Brom Bones. Brom <sighs> Bones is the roguish town hero and does his best to bully and play pranks on Ichabod, who is unbothered. One day at a town picnic, Ichabod meets and falls in love with Katrina Von Tassel, the beautiful daughter of the wealthy farmer, Baltus Von Tassel. Despite being obsessed with Katrina's beauty, Ichabod mainly describes, no, mainly desires to take her family's money for himself. Brom, who has never been challenged like this, proceeds to compete with the schoolmaster that Ichabod uh, wins Katrina over, seemingly. Unbeknownst to both men, Katrina is only using Ichabod to make Brom jealous and force him to try harder for her affections. Okay. E- everybody I, in this is awful. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The only person. And so here's the thing. Brom bones could get it. I, I would jump his bones. Uh, who's who's Brom and Brom's bones. Right. Yeah. The note I have was what's that about Brom's bone. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. that's <laughs> what I put. But yeah, he's, he's like a, a proto Gaston and he's even a little bit likable, but he does kind of seem like a shithead. He's he the, does. he's the other negative aspect of toxic masculinity. Yeah. Cause there's a, like one point where Katrina is playing all these men like truth to say every portal to Katrina's heart was jealously guarded by a host of rustic admirers. <laughs> but Ichabod was confident he'd soon ride roughshod over these simple country bumpkins. The most formidable obstacle of all, however, the schoolmaster had failed to reckon with. That was the redoubtable Brom Bones himself. She loves the attention. Titties up to her chin. Yeah. She got a corset, like a like a can-can dancer, but that little Dutch hat on. Yeah. It's, it was... She's... Look... She's too much. She's clearly not selling, but all of those men are buying. 100%. That's the situation that's happening here. And so, you know, Ichabod also seeing a wealthy woman and it's yeah. like, you know what? I could eat forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he gets so distracted. He sits on a cake. He does. <laughs> also, can we talk about how at one point he like, or actually, I think it was after he was done with that dinner, uh, the first dinner, he pulls out like, some secret meat out of a pocket. Oh yeah. When he's going to bed right now, like he just collects all this food he and it's pulls out a, like a drumstick. And, and just- it's part of that, that I'm like siding with Brahm at this point in the courtship, because yes. like maybe Brahm is also a dick, but all we're seeing is that Ichabod clearly just wants her land. Yeah. Like he's not even necessarily in it for, uh, no, the process of I making like, children. I feel like Brahm definitely is like, I want to be with, Katrina yeah and like it, it it feels it feels more like that and I think Katrina ultimately wants to to be with Brom she just wants him to try harder exactly which is fine and noble and I mean hey I guess if men are gonna fall all over you carry your shit after they buy it for you like I fuck they're yeah. adults they can make their choices <laughs> are you ready to keep going yes the two love rivals are invited to the Von Tassel Halloween party where Brom continues trying to impede Ichabod and Katrina. Upon discovering Ichabod's weakness is superstition, Brom decides to sing the tale of the legendary headless horseman. 
The horseman supposedly travels the woods on Halloween each year, searching for a living head to replace the one he lost. And the only way to escape the ghost is to cross a covered bridge. Everyone else, including Katrina, finds the song amusing while Ichabod starts to fear for his life. Yeah. Uh, so she's definitely playing both of these boys. She is. And Brahm is super rude to that uh, short round lady. She is. And I was mad about that. That's where I was like, you know what, Brahm? We were okay. I was until too, right now. But I think what he knew about her that we didn't is that she'd get so excited. She would just laugh into his crotch the entire yeah, time. She literally That's all she did. She gobbled his it, cock the entire time. Just, just the whole time going. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just. <laughs> hundred percent all the time just it's so much so it, maybe you know what that's that's a punishment that ichabod was deserving of for sure a hundred percent well no brahm yes. that was his punishment no ichabod why is that his punishment well because at one point ichabod was having his dick laughed at too oh that's right you're like, right I, you're right i'm you're agreeing right. with bronze approach is my point god I, I see what you're saying yeah um but yeah ichabod's still trying to eat the fucking house down and doesn't and he spills the salt, which is how Brom goes. Oh, he's superstitious. He's, he's not just a little stitious. He's he, superstitious. He's superstitious. And suddenly we get a 1940s pop song. <laughs> yes. <laughs> sung by a character from the 1700s. <laughs> Pretty much. And it's, 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 it, it's crooner. It's crooner jazz. It's, in the middle or awake. Black or white or even red. The this song is kind of fucking scary. Like, it, I mean, it, it's a fun little s- sort of slappy Halloween song. And I feel like I've heard it on like, you know, compilation albums of spooky songs before. Yeah. Like I feel there's a good chance bing crosby probably released this as a single maybe i don't know I, I, I didn't look into it but it's it's a bop for its time but i just i started snoozing at this point a little bit um there was a fun part where like ichabod is you know a starting to realize what the song is about and like he's pouring tea mm-hmm. and out of this infinite teapot it's a bottomless teapot yeah just keeps on going just keeps keeps going mm-hmm. and uh but yeah everybody in the party is literally jiving to the song they love it ichabod's scared shitless katrina's just like ah, ha, 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 ha. like she's just giggling in the corner right um but ichabod is suddenly terrified and then it's like 2 a.m at this dutch colonial farmhouse on halloween night yeah and it pretty much ends just as quickly as it it like as it started like it was after the song was over it's just left. like oh yeah all right party's done now it's time for and it, i it, i can't did other people stay like why was no one else haunted hunted i i don't know and i don't know why he decided to stay as long as he no. did but whatever anyway but also i do have a note here that katrina is in fact the villain of the story everybody's awful everybody yeah. in the story is awful no one in the story is blameless that's Even true. the little woman who's screaming at people's dicks is just too much to handle. <laughs> like the, I, the sleepy hollow deserves what it gets as far as I'm concerned. You know, actually the hero of this story is the horseman, the horseman. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about him. Riding home from the party through the very woods from the song. Ichabod becomes paranoid of every sound he hears in the dark woods while traveling through the old cemetery. And after a series of spooky goings on, uh, Ichabod and his horse's laughter is cut short by the appearance of the headless horseman wielding a sword and riding what appears to be Brahm's black horse. After being chased through the dark forest, Ichabod, remembering Brahm's advice, rides across the covered bridge to stop the ghost's pursuit. The horseman stops and throws his flaming head revealed to be a jack-o'-lantern right at Ichabod's face, presumably knocking him out. Yeah. This is also intense with all of these animals screaming, like foreboding warnings at Ichabod as he's going in. Yes. Headless horseman. Headless horseman. Get the fuck out of these woods. So get the fuck out of these woods. (laughs) Like it's just. Yes.
I will say that like the horse not having their eyes open while going forward is kind of Never mind that. I'm concerned that Ichabod doesn't know how to ride this horse. He's sitting on this horse every which way but loose, even as he's getting more and more scared. (laughs) Then, of course, the horseman shows up and Ichabod all but climbs up the horse's ass. Yes, literally. Literally inside the horse's asshole. It's bananas. It is bananas. Um, And yeah, then then it becomes essentially like in Mr. Toad. Spooky chase scene. Yeah, spooky chase scene. And it's all over the place. Yeah. Um, and And then he makes it across the bridge and gets hit by the. And I guess maybe that's the point is like. It, now, Brom is Brom the headless horseman. I think that's the implication in this version of the story. But again, I haven't read the Washington Irving original. The I think the supposition is that yeah, it's Brom trying to finally scare off Ichabod. Yeah, my note here is like like Ichabod going through the woods is like a twenty twenty realness for me right now. <laughs> it's just everything. Every time he turns around, it's something awful, and he's it, facing the wrong direction. Awful, yes. <sighs> <sighs> I don't know. Things are looking good. Things are. <laughs> personally at least we're doing okay yeah we're paying the rent we are the lights are on that they they weren't for a minute but they are now uh, it wasn't our fault <laughs> <laughs> when will this episode and you ready to wrap this out yeah pretty much the next morning ichabod's hat is found at the bridge next to the shattered jack-o'-lantern but ichabod himself is nowhere to be found sometime later brahm takes katrina as his wife rumors begin to spread that ichabod is still alive married to a wealthy widow in a distant county with children who all look just like him however the superstitious people of sleepy hollow insist that he has been spirited away by the headless horseman I legit didn't have any notes after that. Like that's just the conclusion of the story. Yeah. I think the only thing is, is like it, it, if Ichabod in fact made it across the bridge, then he's fine. He just got knocked out and then dipped out. Right. Even if he didn't and it was Brom, he's still fine. Right. Cause Brom is not going to murder him or anything like that, but at least scare him away. I think that was the idea. Um, but yeah, he, Ichabod fucking player, for food like it's just <sighs> man's gotta eat i guess man, is the I, moral of the story i guess uh so yeah let's uh uh let's talk about the budget um it's hard to say really because it's like it, it was older and it's but like the dad on wikipedia was mostly for rentals okay um, but didn't really have like film like uh production budgets or anything like they probably that. didn't have to post no. that sort of stuff back then so but in terms of difficult yeah but in terms of critical reception on rotten tomatoes it's got a 94 percent interesting yeah uh in time magazine they said it was an uneven double header by walt disney who has combined into one film two dissimilar literary classics i i can agree with that yeah i also managed to find the original new york times review we'll link that in the show notes yeah um but it praised the film saying that mr disney abetted by his staff (laughs) such perfect narrators (laughs) bing crosby and basil rathbone and a pair of durable literary works has fashioned a conclave of cartoon creatures which by and large have the winsome qualities and charm of such noted creations as mickey mouse dumbo et al Woo. Yes. <laughs> Somebody, the New York Times was trying to give Walt Disney a hand job with that one. What on Sorry, earth? Mr. Disney. Mr. Disney. <laughs> well, but see, that's actually um journalistic standard for the New York Times is at, they'll do the first and last name of a person once and then any other references to them in the copy is formally. Oh wow. Uh-huh. Okay, I didn't realize that. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, but no, this guy was really simping for Disney. Disney, <laughs> <laughs> Disney, I loved your cartoon. Yes, cartoon daddy. Uh, in terms of the viewer score, seventy-one percent. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> that makes a bit more sense. It was easier just to take a screenshot of these and post them in. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Smith T, uh, giving it two stars, mm-hmm. said it's absolutely an abomination. Uh, well, not that bad, but still. This Disney fiction of two of my most beloved books of all time is a true tragedy. 
I just hate it that we never saw full lengths, completely serious animated versions of both of these beautiful novels. Hope for the future, I guess. This was literally like 10 days ago. This 14 is a days ago. Coaster, it, Smith. Also, the, fuck? the the refusal to 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 edit the thing that you don't mean out. This is an abomination. Well, I don't mean that. It's but not that bad. We, yeah. And then we've got Grace T saying, Mr. Toad segment is hilarious, but Ichabod's didn't hit all of the right notes with me. I agree with that. Is that Grace? a music pun? I, is it? I don't know. <laughs> I, I guess, I mean, they have music in them. And then we've got Robbie in at two and a half stars who literally thinks the opposite. The first half was terrible, but once they brought in the headless horseman, things got on track. So I think it's to say, I think it's safe to say You're that right, this Robbie. is divisive among uh, viewers. I also found this one on Amazon. Uh, <laughs> Are we doing wanna, Amazon reviews now? I okay. just, this one was, uh, it was, I think it revealed a little bit more about the reviewer than it intended to. It's from December of 2017. It's 5.0 out of five stars favorite. It's clear to me. I'll have to start buying these videos since you can't see them on TV anymore. I've always loved this version. I don't even have kids. LOL. (laughs) So what? Right. We all need to enjoy the simple things in life. Things we loved as a kid. All right. 2017 Lisa. Lisa is go. She was going through something. She was going through something. I, I hope- don't have kids and only the things in my past bring me joy. <laughs> it's hilarious. I hope that she's okay now. Lisa, my goodness. Um, but yeah, so th- we've got some like trivia and production details here. Yeah. Uh, so first I kind of alluded to it at the beginning, uh, but Toon Patrol, the villains in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, yes. were designed after the weasels in Yay. the version of The Wind of the Willows. I love that. Yeah. I, I, I love that. Yeah. Um, but this was first actually screened on television in edited form as a part of the inaugural season of the Disneyland Anthology series on that's February 2nd, cool. 1955. Um, but it was called The Wind and the Willows. And I think that's the one that I had record. I think I had that record because they they re-aired those in the eighties on Sunday nights. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and it was apparently paired with an edited version of Disney's, the reluctant dragon due what to the, the fact hell is that? that both cartoons are based on stories by author Kenneth Graham. Um, it's that one. We saw clips of that in Frank and Ollie. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, cool. Um, what else? Um, but the back half, the legend of sleepy hollow was released on its own to theaters as a 33 minute featurette in uh, September of 1963. Okay. And that's the edit that was presented on the Disneyland television series later minus. And this is what I was talking about. Cut the 14 minute prologue and uh, Walt Disney live action host segments. And then in 1978, one of the willows uh, segment of the original film was re-released to theaters under the new title, the madcap adventures of Mr. Toad <laughs> to accompany Disney's feature film, hot lead and cold feet cool yeah uh there's also an uh the legend of sleepy hollow had a subsequent television airing uh in a truncated form as yep. part of the uh tv specials halloween hall of fame in 1977 mm-hmm. and disney's halloween treat in 1982 yeah which i think that's probably where one of those three ones is probably or like you had it on a saw. tape or something yeah yeah. yeah 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 um what'd you think so I love Mr. Toad and I continue to love Mr. Toad and I'm going to love Mr. Toad forever. I hate Ichabod. Okay. And that's Clancy's hot take. And that's my impassioned husband. Yeah. I, I too love Ichabod. I, again, I've seen different animated versions of this story and they, I, they kind of blur together in my memory. Cause I felt like as I was watching this, there were things I was like, well, what about this? And what about this? Um, but again, it's been so long since I've seen any of this clearly. Yeah. Um, and sort of like as an image and as a mythos, I love, um, you know, sleepy hot. We love, we have that picture of us at the, um, uh, our last trip to DCA in front of the headless horseman statue. Oh yeah. Um, in, in sort of like in its American Gothic imagery. I love, I love what it is in sort of like the American Canon, but yeah, I can't, this Bing Crosby visual album is just, <laughs> Yeah, if it honestly as a 37 year old man, if it didn't have been in this year, I like or the narration was the way that it was because it just it really didn't fit. Well, and here's my problem is that maybe Miley Cyrus needs to do her own version of this. Maybe (laughs) that's what I need. (laughs) Yeah, is the Miley Cyrus take on Sleepy Hollow or like the Megan Three Stallion take on Sleepy Hollow or even the Michael Buble? If we want to go crooner, 
if Michael Buble were to do it, I feel like it might even be more palatable. But this is just a snooze fest just of epic random proportions. Notes on a piano. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> that's not Michael Buble. That's Harry Connick Jr. Oh, that is Harry Connick Jr. But also Harry Connick Jr. could do it. Harry Connick Jr. could do it. Uh, all righty. Um, before we go, remember to check us out on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash making mischief. Yeah. It's we, the mischief media Patreon. Yeah. We just did a, we did Frank and weenie, the original. Yeah. Uh, so the black and white shorts that was live action. That was live action with Shelly Duvall and the kid from that other thing. Yeah. Sophia Coppola is in it as well. Sophia Coppola is <laughs> in it as well. Um, that was a lot of fun to talk about. So that's up on the Patreon. You could check that out there. Yep. Um, where can they find me on social media, Clancy? Well, if you ever so wanted to find Josh on the internet, <laughs> um, you could find him at Josh watching TV without the G on Twitter and Instagram. Yes. And if someone, let's say our listener wanted to find me on the internet, where would they do that? Well, if they got a wild hair to contact you on the internet or even a tame one, a very tame <laughs> hair that's perhaps not ingrown and is doing exactly what it's told. Um, they could find you at CLNCY on Twitter and Instagram. Perfect. And the show can be found at nonplusspod pretty much everywhere. Twitter, Facebook, Insta. Yep. Suggestions at nonplusspod. No, yeah. Suggestions at nonplusspod.com. You want to recommend uh, a holiday movie? We're coming up on those. Um, I mean, we're yeah, by once, once so Halloween ends, is, it's Christmas. That's basically I mean, my whole thing. We, like, we're probably going to do that fucking Lego Star Wars thing. I am so excited. Yeesh. But um, so, yeah, send us send us emails if you've got suggestions, but also rate, review and subscribe on your yeah. podcast platform of preference. Uh, I didn't see any fresh ones this time, but if you if you've got one that's overtly complimentary or very punny or perhaps a bit salacious it's five stars we'll read it out on the show i want a negative review no don't you don't <laughs> don't put kidding. that energy that, how you don't, this, this is how we know that you don't work on the internet is that you put that energy out into the airwaves i've never had a stranger be negative to me on the internet let's read about that get some of those that might be nice for a change what on earth? <laughs> that over there is my husband, Josh. And that over there is my husband, Clancy. And we mm. are nonplussed. Oh, Lord, don't <laughs> I know it. We're nonplussed. Let's go The next morning, Ichabod's hat is found at the bridge next to the shattered jack landed but Ichabod itself. Mm, hold on. The next morning. <laughs> he goes through puberty there, honey. And he also says like bosom. But did he say bosom? He says bosom. Ladies and gentlemen, boobs. What if we just did the rest of the podcast trying to do a big see, but then it's I feel it's like now like, it's no, it's gonna it's be turning into Janet Snake Hole is what it's turning into. <laughs> um anyway. Remember, you can get $20 off your first box of booze boosters from Shaker and Spoon with the code NONPLUS. Just go to shakerandspoon.com slash NONPLUS to get your $20 off today. Add some personality to your potions. And some spice to your sauce. Ew.